Hey, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and as you guys know, all throughout the week, we always typically have our all-black intellectual chocolate panels uh, to discuss pressing issues in the black community, issues uh, that black people care about, whether it's uh, issues on uh, race, of course, uh, politics, news, uh, you know, health, uh, love, all kinds of stuff. And uh, today, we're going to talk about Michael Eric Dyson. And uh, Michael Eric Dyson made some real interesting comments uh, about... Uh, you know, repaying black people, kind of giving Joe Biden uh, some props that some people don't seem to feel he deserved. Uh, but I'm not going to be the judge of that. I'm going to let you all be the judge of that. But before we begin, I want to uh, ask you all uh, if if we're on the same page on uh, the importance of black people being first. Uh, give me a yes or no if you uh, agree with the, the B1 philosophy. The B1 philosophy is that we put our community first. Black people come first. Black people matter most. Our community matters first. We save ourselves, and then we can go save the world. Uh, B1. So put a hashtag B1 in the chat if you agree with the B1 philosophy. We have to start off the conversation by first acknowledging that we're black, and then we can be Democrat. First, you're black, and then you can be a feminist. First, you're black, and then you can be LGBT. First, you're black, then you can be a Republican. First, you're black, then you can be a Democrat. We don't care about none of that stuff. As long as you start off black first, so put a hashtag B1 in the chat. What's up, Lion of Judah and Michael Powell? And uh, Zachary Thompson and uh, Clarence uh, Haley and every, everybody else, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet, that's extremely important. So here we go. All right. So uh, today uh, we are uh, talking about Michael Eric Dyson. Michael Eric Dyson uh, made some comments about Joe Biden uh, in which he almost seemed to be implying, at least it sounded to a lot of people, like Dyson was basically saying, that Biden had, you know, had really hooked black people up, that he had repaid black people. He repaid his favors for the election. Uh, almost sounded like he, we, we, you know, we had gotten repaid for slavery with the appointment of a black uh, secretary of defense. And uh, before I get to my panel, I'm going to read some of this quote to you. And uh, I'm going to ask you all uh, what you think about this. Actually, I'm even going to cut and paste some of this quote. Um, so, uh, so here's what this happened during an interview with Don Lemon. Uh, and basically, uh, it's, it's read here, uh, I'm, I'm reading that uh, Biden uh, had picked retired General Lloyd Austin uh, to be the Secretary of Defense. Uh, good for Lloyd. Uh, it's nice for him. Uh, and, and, uh, and here's how the conversation went. So Lemon says, this defense secretary thing is big with Mr. Michael Austin. I guess he got his name wrong. Uh, that excellent journalism over there on CNN. Uh, what do you think, Lemon asked, while getting the retired four-star general's name wrong? Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, this is what Dyson says. He says, oh, it's beautiful. Look, have you ever heard a president say, I owe you? Uh, yeah, Lemon agreed. Uh, and this, this is where Dyson also says, I owe you a debt. You hooked me up. I'm hooking you up. I've never heard a president. I studied presidential rhetoric, Dyson uh, continued. Uh, he said, then he says, I've studied presidents' interactions with black America. I've never heard that. And so the attempt to follow up and to follow through by president-elect Joe Biden is worthy of note. And I think he's been doing a very good job so far. You have to balance out all the considerations of the competing interests that are vying for your time and representation, Dyson said. But I think black people are well-deserved. And this choice of General, of General Austin is truly outstanding. So uh, it sounds to me, uh, you know, a lot of people ask this. They, they, they were basically saying that uh, it sounds like Dyson was was giving Biden, you know, a, just a lot of praise and props for picking this black man for this role. And uh, so I'm going to go to my panel. And so let me introduce the panelists. And then uh, it's going to be ladies first. 
because we are all gentlemen in here, and I think the men agree with me. Um, uh, the the uh, first uh, panelist is Miss Tina Berry. She is um, a, a proud contributor on FlyNewBeingQueenTV.com. Uh, her show is called Straight No Trace Chasing with the Queen. I want to welcome Miss Berry. How you doing today? Hey, how you doing? All right. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. And uh, the next person we have here is Tariq abdul Khalik. Uh, you've seen T uh, come through. Uh, he's a very outspoken, very smart, uh, strong political commentator. How are you doing today, T? Oh, my. Mute. He's muted. Let me, let me see if I can unmute him, brother. Oh, I think you got to unmute yourself. <laughs> With T unmute. Hey, man. I'm sorry. Go. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, man. I'm doing great, Just Thank you, man. Thank thank you for the power. For sure, for sure. We, yeah, we're here to give black men a voice. I, I know you're used to being muted everywhere else. <laughs> unheard. Nobody listens to black men, but we listen to black men here. Uh, and uh, also, Jeff Lighty Jr. Uh, from the Black Boss Channel. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, Dr. Boyce? How you doing, panelists, everybody? All right, all right. And everybody in the chat, hit the thumbs up button and uh, say hello to the panelists uh, and give them a digital thank you as we get started. So let me start with Ms. Barry. Uh, so, Ms. Barry, what do you, what are your thoughts about what Dyson said? I mean, how did that uh, how did that comment come off to you? Well, let me just say this: good after a good evening, beautiful melanated people. I thought it was like it just it felt like I was back in the nineteen fifties. It just to me it showed to me it showed just how far I mean just how slow we are progressing. To just say that a like, why is it, oh, the first black um, defense secretary? Why is it the first? You know, why haven't we already had? And we're so um, past racism as America tries to paint it. How come it's not the first hundred? You know, I get sick of seeing the first this and that. And then when he said, oh, he hooked me up. You know, it was just crazy. It was like, he hooked me up. You hooked me up. I hook you up. And what did he hook him up doing? To me, it's like um, Mr. Dyson was just trying to sell his book. They're trying to make us like Joe Biden. They're trying to make us believe that Joe Biden is doing something for black people when I feel like he's not. Okay. All right. So, T, um, uh, I know you said you had a lot to say on this, and I, I know you get fired up, man. So, uh, so I, I want you I want you to do a woosah. Uh, but then I want, you, I, want you, I want you to let it rip. Now, T, but T, but T brings the fire. I love the, I love uh, his commentary. So T, well, what are your thoughts on this? Well, to me, man, um, you know, I, I get tired. I don't care anymore for first black anything, because what we have to do is we have to look at where these black people, who's funding them, and where they come from. Now, this brother came from Raytheon, and the thing is, nothing to do with him personally. But what black people have to understand is that just because they put a first black person in a certain spot, that does not mean anything is going to change for you. All this is, is that when we go to war, black people are going to be more supportive of the war because we have a black man running the secretary of defense. So when there's bombs drop on different countries, more than likely the Middle East or any type of foreign war that we are involved in, we're going to be okay because a black man is running it. And to me, like, this is how they get black people. Um, I, to me, I see Michael Eric Dyson dumbing down the black community because like, what they're trying to tell us is just be grateful that he's black. That's it. Be grateful that he's black. Don't worry about what the substance of what he's doing. It, it doesn't matter if corruption still goes on. It doesn't matter if the military industrial complex keeps lying you into war to have your black sons and daughters sign up to go fight these wars and die, come back with probably missing a leg 
and they, they don't even know what they're fighting for. They're just overseas because um, whatever the media told them, dad's the enemy, they're over there fighting them. That's not helpful to black people. And I'll be honest with you, man. You know, I, 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 I made this reference. I feel like if we had this same liberal mindset in the 1800s when there was slavery, we will literally be celebrating the first transgender for owning slaves simply because they're transgender and <laughs> ignore that they still own slaves. So th that's exactly what this is to me. Wow. 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 Okay, so uh, Maj Ture just came in the building. Maj Ture is the founder of Black Guns Matter, and uh, he's also a brother that has a very strong opinion. And uh, and, uh, and Maj, I, I forgot. Maj, are you a libertarian? Yes, absolutely I am. Yeah, I have to openly say that Maj is one of the guys that got me to actually research libertarian candidates. So I voted libertarian. So uh, this is the black man who actually influenced my opinion. I have a lot of respect for you, man. Uh, all right. So uh, let me go. Uh, uh, now, now, Jeff, I know you were next. Jeff Lightsey Jr. And then we'll go to Maj. So what do you think about Dyson's comments? Uh, it, it, you know, it seemed to me that Dyson, um, it almost seemed like the bar was, I felt like the bar was set a little bit low to kind Very. of say, to say, okay, y'all, you know, be happy now. You know, like like yeah. they, they acknowledged us. They gave us something. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It, that? That's the thing. Like, right. So you hear about uh, people like yourself and myself that call has been calling out Biden for the lack of black men in his cabinet, the lack of black men that have been appointed to different uh, parts of the White House. And now you get one. It's like, see, I told you, uh, Joe Biden to get it for you. Here goes your cookie. Now shut up. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, be quiet, all right? We should be happy because he paid our debt. You know, who paid what was owed to us. We've been fighting, fighting, fighting for black men to be appointed. And so now he did it. So now just wash away everything else that will take place and that has already taken place towards black men, right? So it's a, it's almost another way, like you almost like you put it to mute you and you send out black people to mute the community, right? Because Biden can't come out and say this, right? Like even Kamala really probably can't come out and say this, but you send a very educated, very well-respected man like Michael Eric Dyson to come out while he is trying to sell a book, to come out and put out a statement on a show with ran by another black man or the, that's the lead of the show, Don Lemon. So you get two black men having a conversation and this is the rhetoric that's being spewed to us. And, and it's, it's saddening because Michael Eric Dyson is well respected, is well known, is well beloved, and is very smart. Like this isn't a dumb man, right? Like this isn't what they would call a rapper or you know whatever label they try to give these other people. He's very educated, very well known, does a lot of research, does a lot of good work. And for him to come out and make a statement like this is, is just very saddening at, at this point. Yeah, well, you know, Maj, I want to ask you about this, man. I, I have something I call the the Negro Minions theory, and the Negro Minions theory is that. Uh, whenever, whenever white people get a little bit nervous, the powerful white folks uh, get a little bit nervous about black people actually gaining a consciousness and, and demanding something for ourselves. They have these Negro minions that are Negro, almost like managers, you know, like on a plantation. And they and they deploy the Negro minions to control black folks like, you know, Joe Biden, because because we're all white supremacists, apparently uh, we, we he's 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 above reproach. Right. Uh, we, the, you know, there's no need to ask him to actually talk to us, right? Why would he ever talk to black people? So when there's a, a little bit of an of, a, of an uprising, and this kind of happened during the Obama presidency, the Negro minions get deployed onto big white liberal uh, media outlets, and they come out and they start saying things to kind of get the masses under control. Uh, what, what are you? What are your thoughts on that? And, and and then what are your thoughts on what's going on here with Dyson? Yeah, it's, it's 100% accurate. I mean, these are these are things that, you know, we've seen a time before. We, we've seen the Negro minions jump out in the hip-hop community 
um, that are extremely contradictory. And, and it's not just politics. It's, it's even with this vaccine. You know, we see guys jump out there saying, uh, ignoring all of the data in regards to these vaccines being very unsafe. But if they're a trusted voice, supposedly in the black community, you know, in the hip hop community, you, you, you're a backpacker, whether you gangster rap, whether you entrepreneurial hip hop. You know, all of those prominent guys and women are now going to be talking about, yeah, I think I'm going to take this. It's the same exact thing. The thing that black people have to recognize is, I mean, this ain't new. Malcolm put us onto this 50, 60 years ago. You know, it's always that one. It's always that person that's saying, you know, whatever. And and, and that, that trusted source or that voice that you kind of like, that person doesn't even actually have to have um, a, a background knowledge in the thing that they're talking about, you know, nor, nor are we asking what has this person that's making the statement, right? What have they actually done to serve black America? We're not even asking that question. People jumped on ice cube. And I, I thought it was very interesting when people, when cube said, you know, I mean, as you all know, I don't bang with either of these sides. Uh, what are people going to do for black America? This government got to get, got to get that bread right. Right. And then in my mind, firstly, I'm like, well, no one's absolutely nobody's going to, you know, disrespect Cube. Cube has already you can't use the argument about he needs the money. You can't use the argument about, you know, he hasn't been, you know, very staunch in regards to um, being very stoic and and, and a firm black man. Nobody's going to talk negative about Cube. And then the, the avalanche of people trying to attack Cube for saying, like, he somehow sold out. But you're ignoring the people talking about tap dancer for a person that for longer than I've been on the entire planet has co-authored, wrote, or sanctioned and supported uh, policies and legislation that has done nothing but destroy and break apart the black community, the black family. The same people are the same people arguing about, you know, uh, people, babies getting put in cages and all of this other different stuff and, and separation of families. But we're not talking about the guy, the actual guy that authored legislation not just from, you know, the, the Clinton going into the Clinton crime bills, but even before that, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. But I think that we as black people have to remember that those people that are the Negro minions are not black leaders at all in any way, shape or form. And nothing in their um, bodies of work have exemplified them as being black leaders. They show up when it's time to have the very, you know, repetitive talking points. And then they disappear for a while. It's, it's great marketing, though. It's something that I call a beautiful ugly. Like the brother said, you know, Michael Eric Dyson got a book coming out. You know, you got to start a little bit of beef, start a little bit of energy, get to get that game popping a little bit, saying your name a little bit, and then drop the book. You know, it's the 50 cent factor. I'll start a little beef. I put an album out. You know, we, we go double platinum, you know. And so it's the same concept. But these aren't, you know, and there's no disrespect to Michael Eric Dyson. I don't disrespect anybody that don't disrespect me. It's just calling it what it is, you know, and these aren't black leaders. What, how much money have you spent for the black community? How much energy have you put towards the black community? How many jobs have you created for the black community? How many, you know, uh, uh, positions have you created? That That's really, to me, definition of leader. I'm not talking about bosses and gatekeepers. These people are bosses and gatekeepers in that regard, you know, but I think it, the, the, what's happening as more and more black people are going and asking the questions that are making them comfortable. That's why they have to put uncomfortable. That's why they have to put so many minions out, you know, as you know, the late great Dr. Francis Cress Wilson said in all of the areas of human activity, 
education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, sex, religion, war. They got to throw the minions out in all of those areas. And it got to be that bombardment because to be perfectly honest, black people are asking a question on t in, a, in the middle of a time that that same guy is now asking you to do the same thing. When I'm in office the first hundred days, I'm going to ask you to mask up. Wait, I thought you I thought y'all just said for 14 days to slow the spread. Now, which one is it? You know, and so pretty soon Obama will jump out there in a little bit. You know, and I have I have admiration for the symbol that Barack Obama and his family represented. I'm not going to knock the importance of symbols, but I just choose substance over symbolism. And I'm also not going to attack President, you know, ex-President Barack Obama. But talking about a legislation conversation and what policies impacted the community, the black community in a negative way. We just got to be honest about that. And he'll be out soon. You know, they're going they all going to tap dance for the, the fake vaccine injection. They said it's safe. So now we believe him, you know, so I, I see the play. I mean, everybody see the play. And I think everybody needs to tap into, you know, they, 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 Kwame Toure. I think they need to tap, tap into the uh, doctor, uh, doctor, excuse me, late Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, and some of his later speeches. I think people need to retouch back on anything Malcolm related, you know, and this, this ain't nothing new, ain't nothing new under the sun. Um, and it's, they, they're going to keep running the, uh, the play until your defense can stop their offense. And and I'm not mad at nobody stopping mm. their offense. Now, that, that's a, now, that's a good point. You know, when you talk about they're going to keep running the play until the defense stops the offense, you know. And, uh, mm. and Jeff, I know you're a sports guy, and, and, and I know that right. analogy hit home. Right. Uh, I'm sure you do. Uh, and, and I think that it's, it is it is right, right? Like, if we um, – uh, so, Jeff, I, I guess I'll ask you this. So, so if we keep following for the okey-doke, you know, um, because I, I've seen this, you know, I've – I'm I'm a little older than the panelists. Uh, I think I'm not sure how old everybody is. I know I'm older than Jeff, but I assume everybody else. But um, you know, I, I've seen Dyson. I've seen Dyson in particular do this before, and 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 it pains me to have to really talk about it like this because I like him. He's a very nice man, a very nice man, and uh, a good person. And I I don't have, mean any harm or ill will toward him, but I, I I think it's important to make sure our positions are clear. You know, Dyson, I've had debates where. I took one side, he took the other. And um, and sometimes you have a friend who just has a, an opinion that's completely different from yours. Uh, but but he's in the category where I would still say, yeah, I still like the guy, right? But but it, it's like this 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 whole, it's so fake. It's so ridiculous when you're talking about these politicians that have harmed us. I mean, done, done direct harm to the black community. It's different. It's one thing that they've done nothing for the black community, but they actually did harm yeah. to the black community. <laughs> Um, and, and, and we still it's still like, OK, put put a put a black celebrity in front of them, put a Negro on TV uh, and, and people will fall in line and they will do anything. Like, I don't know, Jeff, what do you think? I mean, it seems like we no, will it's do true. anything that it's, a celebrity tells us to do. What do you think? Jeff? No, it's very true. It's it's like uh, Brother Marge said, like Malcolm talked about this. And what's so what's so crazy about hearing things from like what like you said, the late Martin Luther King and Malcolm is that this was said 60 years ago. Like Malcolm X has been dead since 65. This is 2020. So we're talking about 55, 60 years ago. And the same, like you said, the same play has been ran for a generation. <laughs> like think about how many people have passed or have gone in the last 55 to 60 years. Like, so for a generation and beyond and moving forward, the same play is continued to be moved, you know, you know, taught and used and works and works and works. And, and what I think people are starting to realize it, but like you said, once you get, you pay a certain person, you get a certain image or someone that black people respect in front of them. You put someone like, like a Michael Eric Dyson in front of them to, to, 
spew that same rhetoric, then you get a group of people that maybe was about to uprise to calm down. It, 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 you get maybe someone who's about to revolt or about to just reject whatever craziness is being spewed. And then maybe we're like, oh, well, Michael Eric Dyson said it's good. So, so it must be good, right? Like, like I'm not even thinking for myself anymore. I'm, I'm allowing someone to think for me. And that, and that is what, that, that is it's sad. And it's, it, and when you, and the thing is, as soon as someone comes and revolts it or someone tells you that like, yo, that's not it. Then they're demonized in the media. They're immediately attacked. They're immediately immediately canceled their immediate their, their stuff goes off the air they're, they're talked about like a dog just because they're telling you to think for yourself right like like all black people aren't the same right so we all shouldn't be thinking like everything we all shouldn't be liberals we should some should be conservatives right some should be libertarians you spread the wealth therefore you that's mm-hmm. how you gain leverage and so when you all think when, when every black person that's on mainstream media i will say mainstream media comes out and tells you all to think the same then you're you're hooked before you even you're hooked before yeah. anything ever happens. Mm-hmm. You're, right. you're all like mind control. Okay, so everybody, uh, before we move on, let me tell everybody uh, we are speaking to our all black intellectual chocolate panel. Uh, we do these panels almost every single night at eight o'clock on drboystv.com. So make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. Everybody, right now, please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, uh, thank you to this panel for for joining us. And and uh, like I said, every about every night, about four or five times a week at eight p.m. Eastern. That's our time. We're going to do these intellectual chocolate panels because we need black media. Black people need a voice that counters all the white voices out there uh, that are talking about us. We need to be talking about ourselves. So uh, if you agree with that philosophy, if you uh, want to support that, please uh, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. So Tina Berry, um, uh, Miss Straight No Chaser, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about black leadership and uh, fake. Uh, it seems like we all know what fake black leadership looks like and what authentic black leadership looks like. Uh, what does that mean to you? How do you differentiate between the two? Well, I mean, you know, fake black leaders are what they are. They're not for the black people. Therefore, their benefit of themselves. They don't care if it benefits white supremacy or not. Just like this. I just feel like any black leader that agrees to what Mike, um, Michael Dyson said and John Lemon, Lennon, Lemon said is, is crazy because it's like we're tap dancing. Why are we proud that a racist did something that is human? You should elect black people. You should put black people. It should be more black people filling in the um in these seats, you know. And we look at this man like I don't know what these so called black leaders. I cannot stand black leaders that want that that entice us to forgive our oppressors without anything being given back tangible. We have so I don't even know what do, what do we call leaders? Where where are we being led led to? Are we being led to our freedom? Are we are we are are we being led to make money just so you know you have a lot of black leaders that they they get to a point where they're comfortable and they forget where the struggle is at. The struggle mm-hmm. is out here for real. Those are us that's in the streets that are getting stopped by the police, the Brianna Taylors and stuff. The we need real change. So if black leaders are just making themselves comfortable, they're not leaders. You have to make yourself uncomfortable as a leader. You have mm-hmm. to think about those things that might get you talked about. You got to do the things that white supremacy does not like. You have to go against the grain of white supremacy. Just like this, like we saying, we like um, you You saying my, um, Michael Dyson, he's a, a, a good dude or whatever, but we cannot just keep letting good dudes go by when they're leading us to the, the ledge, you yeah. know? 
You have yeah. to call that out because I'm tired of giving racist people like Biden a pass when you don't locked up a millions of black men. I mean, you, the things you have done have affected black families. So I don't excuse me. I don't give a damn about who you put in one black man in. put a black, a real black man as president, put a real black man as the Senate majority leader. Mm. Well, you know, T, I was thinking about this, too. I was thinking, man, it would be great. Can you imagine? And everybody in the audience, uh, let me know what you think on this. I said, can you imagine if the world could could, uh, could forgive Ice Cube as quick as they forgave Joe Biden? Like, imagine if he got the same pass as Biden got. Like, you can't forgive Ice Cube for fighting on your behalf, but you can forgive Joe Biden for locking up your uncle and sending him off to be raped and beaten in prison. What the hell's wrong with you? You know, it, it, it's insanity to me almost. Almost to the point where it just seems that we have people that um, are committed to backward thinking who are not even committed to any type mm-hmm. of liberation. They're committed to a more comfortable slavery. Uh, T, uh, give me some thoughts on that. Well, man, I think if Malcolm X was alive today, I don't think he would be treated too well. Um, I think he would, like I said, I think he would get the Farrakhan treatment. Um, he would not be anywhere on social media. He would not get any media interviews. And he was so right. He would, He was a bit harsh. But when he said you are a traitor to your race, I mean, those are some strong words, because if you're out here, you know, and you are throwing the whole black, black, black issues out and then you're disguising it as pro black, but also pushing another white person's agenda on black people, that is a traitor. And, you know, you are coming to us as our friend. You are coming to us as you understand our issues. But nothing that you're doing is advancing the black agenda. And, you know, the one thing I got to say about this, um, you know, electing more black people, um, I think African-Americans, we have to be careful of that because when you say that, you know, all you do is you tell black white people that you are okay with any black person. As long as someone is black in a certain position, you are okay with that. And you don't vet that black person. You don't hold that black person accountable. You don't know what he's doing. You're just happy that a black face is over it. And what white liberals and white conservatives would do is that they will say, "Okay, fine. They will vet an African-American that you never heard of. And they'll just continue (laughs) to do the same policies as if a white person is doing it. So we have to be really careful of just saying out loud, well, as long as you put someone black or puts enough black people in there, that's fine. And just one more thing, um, how this fails. You know, when it came to the movie Black Panther, you know, Disney, to their credit, they was excellent in marketing because what they did is they had an all-black cast, you know, and I think they had um, um, a black writer and everything. And it gave this illusion. It was an illusion that this was a black project from ground up. When Black Panther was created by two Jewish guys, I think um, um, Stanley and some other Jewish guy, the whole Wakanda concept was already created. But the way they marketed it to black people is if it was for us. And then when the movie dropped, the millions and the billions did not go to our community. Okay, it went to Disney. It went to the people who, um, you know, white white people where they get to flip it. Black people got nothing. I don't care about black actors getting paid. We got to get out of that. Well, at least black actors got paid. So what? That does nothing for your community. They're still mm. willing in the long run, and that's yeah. That's mm. what I got. So, 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 hey, Maj, I, I, I was thinking about this right. It, it's uh, when you think about that Black Panther uh, analogy that T just brought up. Uh, I, I feel like that was like the, just the ultimate heist. I mean, and they do it over and over again, right? They, they just they, they'll literally come in and grab a billion, and we won't even know because we're, we're swimming in the flattery and the compliments 
that they gave us. It's like somebody comes in and tells you tells your daughter that she's pretty and rubs a booty and then takes all her money and she says, "Oh my gosh, they he likes me so much. That boy likes me." No, sweetie, the you know I know the f- whole football team said they want to come and have sex with you, but that's not a compliment, right? <laughs> that's we got to talk about your self esteem, right? So I, I think that um, that it almost feels like a self esteem thing that you have uh, just black people that just want to get a compliment. And and actually, Miles, uh, before I get your response to that, um, I want to read Dice's comment one more time and put that put it into the context of that and get your take on that in terms of of just, um, you know, how do you how do you how we negotiate without getting played? You know, so so here's what he said. He said Dyson said this. He said, I owe you a debt. He's, I guess he's quoting Biden. He said, I owe you a debt. You hook me up. I'm hooking you up. I've never heard a president. I've studied presidential rhetoric. I've studied presidents' interactions with black America. I've never heard that. And so the attempt to follow up and to follow up through uh, by President-elect Joe Biden is a noteworthy one or worthy of note. And I think he's been doing a very good job so far. So doesn't it almost sounds to me almost like a little kid saying, that, Mommy, he, he talked to me. He said he did. You know, the, the bully talked to me. He took my lunch money and he wants to be my friend, right? I, that, uh, what, do, what do you think about that? You know, people people are like not cool with violence, you know, and a lot of people, we, our communities have been violently attacked from the political level. So people got to recognize what laws are and legislation like that is. Laws are at the end of it. If you do not comply, there's a person with a gun to, to increase that continuum of force up into the point of killing. That's what laws are. When you have laws with mandatory minimums, which, um, you know, there's no accountability for the scenario when you have laws where literally this video that's all over the net of Joe Biden on the floor saying, you know, we we made it. So if a person has a gun in the commission of selling drugs, I don't care if he didn't use it. I don't care. He's going to jail for five years. If he wants to go to 10, the judge wants him to go to 15, 20. 60 years, we can work it out. Now, in the proper context of all gun control being racist. So one, you have someone, you, you created a war on drugs, completely ignoring the fact that, you know, most, most drug guys in prison are there for cannabis, which is now lawful in most areas across the country. It just got pills passed, you know, went through the house that, you know, they're trying to decriminalize it on the federal level. So you got, for the most part, you got nonviolent drug offenders. Then you have a guy that has a firearm to protect himself, not even to use it. So Joe Biden is literally saying the gun control part of that, which is racist. That's why gun control was started. to Stop black people from having the means to defend themselves. If this guy doesn't even want to use this gun in a negative way or hasn't used it, I don't care. I made it that the judge cannot take that into consideration. He has to give this guy five years for having the drugs on them. Never mind the fact that the founding fathers to this nation had hemp farms. We're going to ignore that completely. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about legislation, I don't care if he's racist and doesn't like me. I don't care. I don't care who doesn't like me. And then when Michael Eric Dyson says things like, you know, I never heard a president use that type of rhetoric. Boy, you out your mind. Bill Clinton went over to Arsenio Hall show and Got him on the phone. <laughs> we we can go. I can go all day with this. His wife jumped on the Breakfast Club. The hot sauce. She had hot sauce in the bag. <laughs> so if you want to talk now, now here's where it gets really awkward. 
What I do know is I know three people that have under this current administration, the Trump administration, and I'm not, I'm a libertarian. I just got to call it up the middle. I know three people that have presidential pardons from federal drug, uh, from drug sentences. I know three people that this Trump administration have brought home and or mm -hmm. given presidential pardons for nonviolent drug offenses, literally the reverse of what Joe Biden created and crafted. So when Michael Eric Dyson talks about these feelings, and I feel like I've never heard some president say something, let's talk about the administration giving up $500 million for HBCUs. I cannot ignore that. So that's unprecedented to me because when, you know, President Barack Obama, who symbolically, again, I love the symbol of him and his family. I love it. However, the black guy didn't get that 500 billion up to them HBCUs that could use could have used that bread. He didn't. So mm. the things that the things that, you know, he's saying, if you're, you're talking about an unprecedented scenario, uh -huh. I cannot ignore the legislation and actions that were under this current administration. I don't care about how you talk. I care about what you do. Mm. Joe Biden has actions and deeds over time. So, and, and the substance, the meat and potatoes of it has been horrible for the black community. So for Michael Eric Dyson, and it's, he's welcome to his opinion. I never met him. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't go out of my way to just deliberately attack humans in general, but more specifically, you know, black men and black people, we kind of at the center of the scope on the attacks already. So I try to limit it a bit. So, but, but, but being objective and calling it like it is telling the truth can never be looked at as a, you know, an attack. Mm. Well, when, I'd be, I'd be curious to know, you know, um, when, when you're talking about telling the truth, you know, I know one of the things that Biden, <clears throat> that Biden actually pushed for ironically is called truth and sentencing where uh, they were making people, uh, do you know eighty five percent of the prison sentences? Uh, they push forward the the, the three strikes laws. Um, uh, about eight point seven billion toward uh, the enforcement of truth and sentencing and building prisons and things like that. It put a hundred thousand cops on the street, and uh, and and so it, it's um it's a fascinating legacy, and it's something I think that has to be discussed. Even it can even be discussed in a bipartisan way. I, I don't even think it has to be discussed in a way that's pro Trump or anti Trump or anything right. like that. Just that those facts on their own have to be kind of laid out this 100 percent accurate and, and on top of that you have to remember these were things that during the time that he was pushing these things the, the big focus of that was get the guns out of their hands and and i can't you know as the, as the second amendment dude i'm remiss to not acknowledge the fact that all of those unconstitutional meaning not in alignment with the supreme law of the land were targeting black communities for just having the firearm and i think that you know when we look at that whole big picture, when we look at that picture of the things that, you know, men were literally separated from their families, I think it's a very serious disservice and a slap in the face for such a well-educated and informed brother like Michael Eric Dyson. It's a little bit irresponsible. I, I, I don't want to give him the he's ignorant lane. I don't want to give him that. I'm pretty sure he's well-read and familiar with these. I would have to question why he comes off like one of those collaborators with the Decepticons in this regard. It's like, <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no reason for me to believe that he missed all of this information. It, it makes me have to have the question about like, Hey, why exactly is this your direction? And at what point did it become enough 
to just say a thing, not repeal or reverse or give these brothers their time back or let these brothers home from jail or let, okay, time served when I'm in the first hundred, you know, whatever, whatever. At what point did it go from having something substantial behind words to just words being enough? Or is that just how, you know, Mike, Michael Eric Dyson and others feel in regards to the black community? We, it's cool for us when it's just feelings, you know, I can't, but we can't have a conversation about reparations. Never mind that the native and indigenous people have gotten reparations. Never mind that Jewish American people have gotten reparations. Never mind the fact that Japanese Americans held during internment camps in America during, you know, World War II were given reparations. When we have, we have to have substantial conversations, but when it comes to black people, now it has to just be, well, I heard he said something and I never heard nobody else say something like that. That is not right. enough. That's my challenge yeah. to him. Yeah, it, it does come off kind of like um like we, we normally get nothing, at least we got something, right? Yeah. You, you know, you, we need to be happy that you know he acknowledged us, he said our name, oh my god, I, I am somebody now, which almost uh to me, Tina, uh Tina Barry, it almost comes to me almost like a like that's a type of white supremacy that you are honored by a white person who who originally tried mm -hmm. to kill you. Uh, pretty much. I mean, take out your whole family. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just be hot. Mm -hmm. Well, you're 100. That crime bill was scary. Uh, a lot of people that may not remember what it was like to be a black man at that time, but I mm -hmm. felt like it seemed like everybody I knew was going to prison and they, they wasn't coming back. It wasn't like, you know, a few weeks and they come home like like you were here by so-and-so, <laughs> this person, the other. It was almost like, you know how people act when, when it comes to Corona? Like, like a lot of people, they have somebody in their family, they got it, but they'll hear about somebody's uncle that died from it. You know, and, and it, it scares the hell out of them. Like, that's how we mm -hmm. felt. It was just like, now I did have people in my family that went to prison at that time, but it was like, I would hear about other friends that would get like, I'm like, damn, they gave him a 145 year sentence. I didn't even know you can't even live that long, you know? And, and, and it's like, they would just hand them out like nothing to black people. And, and, and so it's, it's extraordinary to me that we can just forget that. It's almost, Tina, like, it seems to me like because of white supremacy, we are very sensitive to the discomfort of others, but we feel that we kind of deserve to live in pain. Uh, what do you think? Because of the religion. Religion teaches us that we have to suffer to get our happiness by ignoring the whole truth that's around us. And I know that a lot of people don't like for me to talk about religion, but I think that is just another um, piece on the chessboard that is used to entrap us. And we are taught to forgive most of the religion in black people or melanated people is Christianity. And we're taught to forgive. And then you have the images that come behind it. You have the picture of Jesus. You have the, the, the every time they have show a picture of God is white. If they show angels, everything is good, is white, is white. So we subconsciously put our oppressor first. And we look at ourselves as the images that they put. Dark, bad, you know, the, the images that they place before us. You know, the stereotypes that they place on us. We look we subconsciously don't look at ourselves like we look at the white supremacists. I'm not saying all of us, those that are woke are, but we talking about the people that are, that are asleep because I think that's the point we, we, we want to reach the people that are asleep and why they're asleep mm -hmm. and why they do this because Dyson and all these people, those are the people they're talking to. Those are the people that they keep in trances, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why the, 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 what they're saying won't come past me and you. But what these people are going after the people that we're trying to wake up. And that's 
the problem. Like when you were saying about leaders, we need leaders that we know we're not trying to lead each other. If all of us is up here and we supposed to be intelligent, we should be intelligent enough to work with each other, but know that we have those people that are asleep that we're going to need to be waking up. So that's why these type of buck dancing to me is buck dancing. You know, these are the same people that he's trying to keep in their trance or the same people that ran out and wrote and voted for a Democrat because they thought it was going to change their life. Mm, OK, so uh, so, Jeff, <laughs> I, I want to ask you. So, um, you know, it, it, I almost wonder if there's a, a a type of maybe a lack of political sophistication, too, you know, like that, maybe because uh, we don't understand how all this works. You know, sometimes we'll worship the puppet and not realize that a puppet has a puppet master. You know, the puppet's got somebody with with their hand up their butt just tell them what to say. And we will really think that the puppet's really representing their own interests. Um, uh, what, what do you think about that in terms of just um, us as people being almost politically naive and, and wanting to stay that way? Like enjoying the fact that we're naive, enjoying the fact that we're ignorant mm -hmm. and wanting to just remain that way so that we fall for kind of the same old rope dope over and over again. Jeff well in that, in that case, when it comes to politics, most people follow, like, how, how when you first introduced into politics, you're first allowed to vote when you're 18, right? So most people, when they vote, you're 18 years old. Some folks are still in high school. Some are either freshman in college or just now getting into the workplace. You vote the way your parents vote, right? And so your parents have been uh, systemically trained to vote a certain way, which is liberal, which is because liberal is supposed to be more progressive. Liberal is supposed to be a certain way. Liberal is supposed to be for the black people. Like liberal is how black folks are supposed to vote. And if you don't vote black, I mean, if you don't vote liberal or a Democrat, then you Uncle Tom, you're a coon, you're a buck dancer. Like you're all these words that, that isn't technically true. But when you really dive deep into it, like when you really dive into deep into the a lot of the what's being taught by the right and the left, you, you might really think like, dang, I really do think more right. Or I might, really might think more libertarian. Or I might really think more like that view that goes along my lines, right? But because you're taught from a very young age, from the time you're able to vote, to vote Democrat, because that's what your parents did, because that's what their parents did, because that's what, you know, because Bill Clinton, when your parents were voting, was, was playing a saxophone on Arsenio, or, you know, Hillary Clinton, or Obama was black. You know what I'm saying? He's a Democrat or Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris. Like, so there's all these reasons black people throughout the history of time. I mean, throughout the especially the last 60 years anyway, has voted liberal. So that, I think that plays a large part into the way we think. And I think specifically for Joe Biden, I will say in his administration, what he has been able to capitalize on is the fact that being black now like, and when I say now, just 2020, I'm just talking about like in the last nine months, ironically, being black is, is I'm not going to say it's cool now, but it's, it, it's acceptable, right? Like being black, and that might seem like you're like, what does that mean? When George Floyd was killed on camera, a lot of people were finally awoken. I call it the black awakening because in April of this year, George Floyd was killed on camera. And the only reason why more people cared this time, because black people have been getting killed on camera for forever, right? The only reason why everybody cared this time because we were sat down. Everything was closed. We, it was it was glued to our televisions. It was all over the media, all over everywhere. And because we were sat down because of the coronavirus, some people really took in like, dang, like this is really what's been happening to these people. This is what they've been talking about for forever. So because of that, black people like attending or pleasing the black people, the black dollar, the black vote, everything black was amplified. Right. You got all these companies that changed and all these different things that took place. So I think that is what Biden was able to capitalize on his administration and obviously picking a, a woman, a black woman VP only helped 
right? Like, you know, and, and then already being a part of the Democratic Party and the fact, and you add the fact that Trump was in office. Black people have more hatred towards Trump, I think, than any president that I can remember. You know, even when George Bush was in office, people had, you know hated him mainly because, one, he was a Republican, and two, because he did the war, right? But it wasn't like a hatred of that person. Like, when George Bush walked in the room, they didn't just hate him. Trump, because he antagonizes a lot of things and kind of amplifies his things, Black people just had a staunch hatred towards Donald Trump. And so that's what I think a lot of people haven't been trained because they've been trained from very young to vote Democrat. They haven't really ever been able to think for themselves and maybe they would consider other options. Interesting. So, so, uh, so uh, everybody I want, before we move on, I want you guys to know who, who uh, we're talking to and what's going on. Uh, we're doing our all black intellectual chocolate panels. We're going to do this almost every single night at 8 PM Eastern on drboystv.com. Uh It's important that we as a community hear from different voices in the community. And, uh, and so just to say the names of the panelists real quick, uh, we've got Miss Tina Berry, uh, Jeff Lightsey Jr., uh, Maj Toure from Black Guns Matter, and uh, Mr. Uh, Tariq Abdul-Khalik. And uh, we'll have different panelists that will circulate in and out based on what topics we'll discuss, but our goal is to have all black conversations. So do me a favor. Right now, everybody, please hit the thumbs up button and take a second to hit the thumbs up share subscribe button hit the notification bell on the channel hit that notification bell so that we you know when we go live also text the word voice to 31996 31996 and i'll send you a text when we go live uh, with our panels and we have a social media platform that we actually own called blag enough the url is right there on the screen there's tens of thousands of you on there already uh and there's freedom of speech so if you want to go on there uh, feel free to go to blagenough.com you can spell it's right there on the screen all right so let me ask you this team man um I was thinking about this. I was thinking about when, when Jeff was speaking, it made me think about uh, the little song and dance that tends to occur during an election year. Um, you know, an election year really, it really reminds me a lot of the way, um, you know, horny frat boys behave when they try to get some on a Friday night, right? Suddenly your, your sensitivities are heightened. Suddenly you're opening the door for the girl. Suddenly you're calling her on the phone. You might've ignored her for the last three weeks. Suddenly you, you care about her feelings. You're listening to her. You're telling her how much you love her, right? Because, because he's trying to get some, right? And, uh, and it's a game and some, and some people fall for that, right? Some people fall for the same game over and over and over again. Uh, and, and so it, when, when election years come uh, to just point, there's like this weird love affair that suddenly America gains with black people. It's 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 and it's so fascinating because it's almost like they create a problem and then bring themselves to the rescue. Like I'm gonna put roaches in your house and then I'm gonna show up and get you to pay me to be the exterminator. But I put the roaches in your house, right? So so when you saw COVID, suddenly COVID becomes the biggest threat to black people in the, in all of human history. Even though if you look at the causes of death of black men, the top ten causes of death of black men according to the CDC, COVID nor police shootings are on the top ten list. But they ain't never said nothing about the rest of the list. But suddenly COVID is going to kill you if you don't if you don't do what we say, if you don't vote for us. Right. So so this love, this sudden concern, we really want to help black people. Um, it, it's this weird thing. And, and it drives me insane. I, I think it's crazy. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, man. Um, this this election year manipulation, uh, fake love that tends to occur. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think T is muted and I cannot unmute him. There we go. I'm sorry, I, I do that in, in, instinctively. My bad. Okay, so <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, so um, this is because they want black people to see white people as the white savior. They don't want us to look in ourselves and look at our brothers and sisters and see ourselves as our own saviors 
that can come together and create solutions for many of our problems. And, it, and what's interesting about the Black Lives Matter movement specifically is I don't believe I heard anything about them from 2016 to 2019. It seems like they really blew up in 2020. That's when you really started hearing more about them. And I'm just like, well, where were they at this whole time? And, you know, it, it's starting to click to me like what you said. An election is coming. You know, we have nothing to offer black people, specifically Democrats who come for our vote. We have nothing to offer black people. So how else can we get black people to vote for us without scaring them? Well, Trump has, you know, if Trump has been doing a failure with the COVID, let's scare black people and say Trump is, is some evil white supremacist who is so bad with COVID that if you don't vote for us, you will die. We are your saviors. Come vote for us. Black people, we understand what's been going on with you and the police. Vote for us. We are your saviors. And then you deploy Black Lives Matter, who goes outside with um, vote, vote signs while protesting, which which pretty much makes a mockery out of the protest because the protest is not we're not protesting for Democrat rule. We are protesting for black justice. And I wish we would like get those signs out of here. We, we don't have nothing to do with that. But yeah, all this is is just for black folks to look at white people as their saviors and not look within themselves. And just one more thing, because this is key, like with the media controlling us, the reason why they, you know, especially the Democrats want us to be very hypersensitive and emotional is because when you're very hypersensitive and emotional, it seems like you can't think critically. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like you are very paranoid. And when you see the amount of black people losing relationships pretty much on how they're going to vote, either if they don't vote or if they don't vote for a specific side, that creates a lot of drama in our community to where we right. cannot come together effectively. You know, what it does is it's, it's like um, it's like the artificial creation of a civil war. And, you know, you look at what happened in Rwanda where they got the Hutus and the Tutsis hacking each other up. That was white supremacy. You know, you go all throughout the world, you, even in India, where they got the whole untouchable, the whole caste system. Uh, that's white supremacy. I mean, that division is, is real. It, it, it didn't just happen on the plantation. It's happened all throughout the world. And you're right. Um, I think that was the most hurtful part of the whole election was the civil war that they created. And, uh, you know, where, where really they're not really solving any serious problems that 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 didn't exist because of them. Right. It's like, OK, we're going to take this thing, COVID, which can be handled if you just protect yourself, wear your mask, wash your hands, whatever it is you want to do or stay at home, whatever it is you want to do. You could probably protect yourself from catching it or dying from it. Right. We, there, there's ways. To, but but coming in and saying, here's this huge threat. Now, y'all been getting blown, getting your heads blown off in the street. We ain't said nothing about none of that. Remember, I live in Chicago. I live two blocks from Obama. There were kids being killed a couple blocks from our house. And Obama had nothing to say about that. But suddenly, COVID becomes the most important thing in the world. But that's artificially created, right? Uh, and then the other thing, too, is uh, the other artificial creation of the boogeyman that's fascinating here is, so you're telling me that you're going to protect me as a black man from being killed by the police. Okay, cool. But who put all those fucking police out there on the street in the first place? The Biden crime bill put t spent $10 billion putting 100,000 cops on the street. So like I said, you put the roaches in my house. Now you try to ask me to help pay you for the extermination. No, that's not the same as you giving me what you actually owe me. You literally, you just clean up your own shit. This, this ain't got really nothing to do with me. You, you, you need to reverse yourself before we even get to the beginning where we even start 
start talking about what you actually owe me, which is that $15 trillion check that y'all refuse to write. Won't even say the word reparations, by the way. Give me a yes or no in the chat. And before I go to Mars, everybody in the, give me a yes or no in the chat. If you have ever once, all these Negro minions, you got all these Negro minions, you got all these, uh, these politicians who love you. Tell me how many times in the last eight years you've heard any of these leading Democrats even say the word reparations. Uh, how many times have you heard Barack Obama even, I mean, I'm talking about even say the word, even just say, you know, talk about like, well, what's the possibility? I don't know. Like, like, have they ever even said it? Has Biden ever said it? Give me a yes or no in the chat, right? I, I'm, I'm going to say the answer. I haven't heard it. If I've heard it, I, if it's happened, I haven't heard it. And, and here's the thing. They are under strict orders not to say that word. They are under strict orders not to say, you don't, that's not a, a coincidence. This is the biggest issue. If I was to go and do a poll among rank and file black folks, we ain't got them all here. And and these are, you know, I know these are different black people. They're a little more intelligent, a little more active, a little more pro-black. But if I did a survey and said, what's what's what, what's your top issue that you care about in, in politics? They would probably say reparations. The majority of them would say reparations. So you're telling me, and, and then I'm going to go to you, Mosh, because I want to ask you about freedom. Uh, so you're telling me that you're supposed to be my friend. You my hero, you my savior, you my white Jesus, white daddy, whatever the hell you want to be. And 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 you love me so much, but you but in, in this so-called love for me, you don't even care enough to even remotely address the number one issue that I actually need you to address. That that ain't love. That that is selfishness. That is and, and, and it's fascinating to me that a lot of people don't get it, but I think a lot of people are getting it. So, Maj, let me ask you about this. Only you know a lot about a, a word called that that that's not allowed anymore called freedom. Uh, you know that that's why uh, I, I I dug into the libertarian stuff because I I like that word freedom. Freedom. I'm not threatened by other people's perspectives. Um, as long as you don't mess with mine, you know, I don't care what you're doing with your house, with your family, as long as you ain't messing with me and my family. So that's what led me to look into the libertarian stuff after you and I did that interview. You did a great job, by the way. Um, tell me, do, do, what, what what experiences have you had and what is your perception in terms of just the lack of freedom of expression and thought that we sometimes see in the community where where it's like you must fit in a box? You must be a Democrat or something's wrong with you. You must do what the rest of us are doing or we're going to, we're going to attack you. Uh, tell me about that. Where does that come from and how, how does that make you feel? The, so, one, I, I don't have feelings on it because we're in a war. And if you got too many feelings in the middle of the war, you get killed. That's how you get killed, actually. So I understand that my grandmother used to say, respect the devil. And when, I, when, when she used to say that, I would be like, oh, a little bit lost on me. She would tell me that the devil's energy, you're smart, the devil is ancient. That energy is ancient. So it's been around far longer than you. I treat media, respect media, the most effective devil in America. I respect it that same way. I respect the devil. So when black people or people in general are ignorant, I understand, man, the media got to them first, you know? So I don't have a feeling about it. I just start to work on a strategy of making sure that I, I can I pull this potential person out of the matrix. If I can potentially pull them out, I can start that slow work. So, for example, if they Democrat, right, then if they go, they say something like Trump is racist, wherever they start at with it. Trump is racist. Trump Trump is the Nazis. Trump is whatever, whatever. All right, cool. So that means you shouldn't want Trump and the Nazis to be the only ones that have the guns, right? Because if they're the Nazis, why would you only want the Nazis to have the burners? So I get you that way, right? I just go past whatever your preconceived notion and your the miseducation of this Negro that I'm coming across right now, I immediately got to flip it and turn it to the re-education of this individual. 
So when we have that conversation about freedom, there's nobody in the hood that's going to say, and any hood is going to say, you know, when if I say, yo, don't you want, you, 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 you like trust the government? And they're like, what? No, like it's the government. No, we don't trust them. They lie. They steal. I know homies that from whatever spectrum you want with that. No, I don't believe that people landed on the moon. No, I don't believe in daylight savings. Whatever extreme or basic, do you believe that the government will, the police being the government will protect you? Hell no. Where I live at, blah, blah, blah. So one, that means you don't want government, which means you don't want more involvement in your life. You want to be free to make the decisions that you make. There is very few people that are going to say, nah, I don't really think we're smart enough to do it on our own. Now, some people may say, nah, I'm not sure about the gun thing because guns are a little bit different, you know? And then I go, okay, cool. So do you think that the government, of the people that the government hires as police, do you think they're smarter with guns? No, because they're shooting people armed and unarmed. Well, then you don't think the government and the hired individuals are smarter than the general public, which means they should not have more freedoms than you have. When mm. you have the conversation about freedom in very bite-sized portions and the topical scenarios that are current and very practical from not a place of judgment, just like I'm going to say, hey, I'm not attacking Barack Obama. In that regard, I'm going to attack policy. I'm not going to talk you know, crap about Michael Eric Dyson. I think he's teaching Philly somewhere where I'm from. With that being the case, I'm going to critique the policy and the legislation because you may have an attachment to this person. My job is to get you back to freedom. So then we had a conversation. We fast forward. The most you know talked about thing right now is the vaccine. If you don't trust the government and you don't trust the foot soldiers of the government, i.e. police, you don't trust agents of the state. Do you trust that same government? to tell you that it's mandatory to take this vaccination. And if so, if you choose to say, no, nah, no, thank you. I've been doing fine during this whole COVID thing without the government forcing me to take something. I've been, I've been, I've been fine. Are you okay with the government coming to force you to do that? Or do you choose freedom? And everybody unequivocally says, yeah, I just, if I decide to take it, I wanted to be based on my information, based on me, Based on the choice, me going, if I got to pay for it myself, cool, I'll do that. Then when you hit him with this last caveat, when you say, well, in some of these scenarios, they have the potential to attempt to force you to inject this thing into your body. We've been working on vaccines for cancer, for cancer still here. HIV, which is an actual, was an epidemic and a pandemic. It's a virus. We still have it. That's been around for a minute. The government doesn't do anything right. Now we're, that same government is trying to figure out how the army can deploy this vaccine. And Joe Biden is saying, hey, we want to get the black community vaccinated first. Mm. Tie all of these things in and then say, is that actual freedom? Should, if you want to take it, take it. Cool, take it. But you shouldn't be at gunpoint because that's what laws and mandates are. If you do not comply, we will send somebody with guns. When you explain to our people freedom that way, they get it. No judgment. Mm. If you like Joe Biden because he was with Obama, you from Delaware, he was from Delaware. I don't care. I don't care. The conversation with about freedom is very simple. Freedom is the ability to do a thing 
that does not impede upon another person's property or their body, which is your highest property, your body. I want to be able to do this thing, whatever it is. It does not impede on anyone else's private property or their body without repercussions from the state. If you do not have that, you are not free. I don't care where you land on the political spectrum. When you break down that conversation about freedom with anyone and then ask them, if you decide that you want to smoke weed, even though it's legal in your state, federally it's still schedule one, meaning it's, this, it's labeled the same as heroin. If you decide to do that and you get caught in front of a federal agent, even though it's in your state, that federal agent can take you to jail. Is that freedom? When you tie all of those things in with black people, black people, they get it. That means we're talking about medical apartheid. That means we're talking about, you know, we, we got a lot of our black women and, and men saying, you know, my body, my choice. Well, I choose to not put a vaccine that could potentially change my DNA or different RNA strands and all that other t type of things. I choose to not do that. I don't want to rush vaccine. My body, my choice. Unless the government says so. Now, as the gun guy, I have to go. When you search your soul and you've come to grips with the fact that you're not actually as free as, you know, the, the 4th of July sales have told you every year. If you identify as more not freedom based than freedom based, are you willing, like the founding fathers to this place that they highlight? It's nothing more American than rebellion to tyranny. Search your soul. Are you willing to bust your gun for that freedom? That's when we get real, real about the conversation. America was built on money and violence. That's it. That's it. So we have to be very practical about this conversation of freedom because it boils down to two types of people. People that want to be left alone and free, like you just said, Doc. I just want to do my thing in my crib with my family. And people that don't want to leave you alone. That's all freedom boils down to. When you mm. explain this to black people in that holistic way, they get it. And before you know it, if you do it from a place of love and empathy, right, before you know it, they're going to be typing in their search engine, what is libertarian values? And I need to know <laughs> what the hell is going on with that. <laughs> and I'll right. say, I'll say to, to, to Maja's point, what like you just laid out a perfectly great like explanation of freedom and being free and things like that but but see if you were to say that on a mainstream platform or you to say that to somebody who don't they take that one soundbite of you saying money and violence right like are you with no the part where you said are you willing to bust your gun boom now you now you're you're violent angry black man who, who <laughs> want to shoot at cops or shoot it shoot at the government or, or do whatever you know what i'm saying like instead of taking that whole context like you put it all into context and all into everything that you just said but the part where you said are you willing to bust your gun at some blah 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 now fill in the blank right like now your whole speech or your whole uh, everything that you just laid out is wiped away. And I think, you know, to add to what you said is doing that, you put everything into context like that. And then you talk about history, right? Like there's only certain parts of history in America that is taught, right? Especially about when it comes to black people. Like you said, you talked about how America was founded. It, like they were separating from England. It, it, it took violence on that, right? It was the, for the money and violence for that to take place. That isn't, that isn't always taught or the way it's taught it's taught a certain way. And then when you talk about black folks, you aren't taught in school 
how black folks were killed, right? Like you aren't taught in school how the FBI had wiretaps on our black leaders, right? And you aren't taught in school how the how the FBI, like literally the government, literally the government that is supposed to protect and serve us killed our black leaders. They wanted to stop a black messiah in their words. J. Edgar Hoover, who buildings are named, federal buildings are still named after J. Edgar Hoover, who was a known racist, was, was assigned COINTELPRO, all of that was assigned to take out our people, to stop our people from, from educating ourselves. And so that part isn't taught. And so you add what you said, and then you, you back it up even more with saying, if you don't believe me, look at the history. Right. It, it all ties together. And that is, that is taken away from the mainstream. And that is a certain way to, to keep our people in a certain space. All right. Uh, everybody who's watching, uh, this is uh, our all black intellectual chocolate panel. Uh, we do these every night, at, uh, uh, most nights uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs up button, hit the notification bell uh, at drboystv.com. Uh, hit the notification bell. Very important. Uh, also, make sure you hit the thumbs up button and make sure you share this video uh, because we're, we're building black media. And what they're talking about here in terms of not just Michael Eric Dyson and his comments, about Joe Biden. Uh, we did start there. We've kind of gone around the world to a lot of different topics, but also just the importance of us being able to tell our own story. Uh, you know, like uh, like Jeff just mentioned, uh, Maj isn't exactly a mainstream type of guy. None of us are, actually. Uh, and uh, But it's good, though, that we, we need to form our own stream. We, we can carve out our own stream, and now we are the mainstream. I don't even want to go on that stream. I don't, I don't like... Uh, maybe it was years ago where I enjoyed going on shows like CNN. And then I said, I don't think I want to do that anymore because it didn't feel right. So uh, so let me ask you this, uh, Tina Berry. So uh, where do we go from here in terms of just uh, walking away from this? Uh, you know, just in terms of, a, a, you know, kind of a closing statement on Dyson and, and uh, you know, Dyson selling a book, uh, which is fine. It's okay for him to make his money. Uh, so it almost seems like maybe he's trying to create controversy in order to, you know, get people to buy his book. Um, but But it's more serious than a book. Uh, it's it's almost as if there's wasted opportunity when you have people that go on television and they almost give the implication that black people are happy with with, with a black man getting a job, right? In fact, let me let's before uh, Tina before you respond, to ask everybody, give me a yes or no, give me a yes or no. Do you feel that hiring a black Secretary of Defense is a compensation to the black community at large on any level? I mean, do do, do you feel good? Do you feel like like that was the big payback or you proved yourself? Or do you think that there needs to be more? Give me a yes or no if you if you think that's adequate. Uh, so Tina, what, what, what do you think about that, uh, Ms. Barry? I think it's no, of course not. It's enough getting past this individual reward to black people or melanated people. It's time to reward communities. It's time to build people who are going to get in there and make changes for the real people who are suffering at the hands of white supremacy. And I'm going to say this. We all talk and we keep talking. What we need to start doing is preparing ourselves for the next four years. Black people, we get caught up in all of this and we know the complaints. We know the games. A lot of us don't know the history and I think it's our job to pass it on. But what we have to do is start saying we're not going to vote for nobody unless you put uh, not just a black person. But a person, a black person with our views, we don't need a white man with our views to be president. We need to be preparing ourselves to put our own person in the presidency. And that is basically saying no black votes because we we kind of started it with this election. But we need to stick to it. We got four years to build our own party. If we are intelligent black people, why we ain't did it yet? 
because I don't know how to do it. But when are we going to start building our party to bring our people to so that our people will know this is the black party. This is the people that represent us. And these are the people that we're going to follow. I mean, these are the people that um, are going to speak for us, not these flunkies that we put up. We don't need to keep we don't need to let the Democrats snatch our people. What I'm saying in the next four years. We need to do something different to get our people minds to get them to wake up to the trickery of the voting and the trickery of the Democrats. And we need to. But when we wake our people up, where are we taking them to? We mm. tell them not to vote. We tell them this. We we know that people are in the streets. So we have to come up with the next four years before we get into, like you said earlier, they play this game with us. They the black people become important during the pre- presidential election. Then after it's over, it's all quiet like it is now. No black tangibles. So we need to be working on that now. Mm. All right. So uh, T, uh, wait, T. Oh, T's in here. So, so I was. Just, I sent you a Facebook message. I saw Jeff and uh, Maj disappear. I think maybe they thought that it, that the time was up because I, I mentioned closing remarks, but I wanted to actually get their closing remarks. But uh, but but we'll bring them back later. So T, uh, what are some closing thoughts that you would have that that we could walk away from uh, this whole Michael Eric Dyson thing with? in terms of learning points and talking points so that we can really understand how to do this politics thing uh, better than before? Well, yeah, um, just black people just, you know, like I said before, just be careful of just supporting, you know, these black mainstream figures just because they're black. Realize these people are handpicked, okay? This is why, you're, like I said, you're never going to see, you know, even you, Dr. Boyce Watkins or, you know, Tariq Nasheed, or just any black independent that's on your network or any other black independent network in the mainstream media, okay? Because your mindset is talking about too much independence for black people, it's too intelligent for black people, and and it will cause an uprising. So most of these black people that you're seeing on TV speaking for us, in my opinion, I feel like they're dumbing us down. This is why Michael Eric Dyson was cheering, and I've never heard of our president say that about a black man before because that's supposed to get into our heads and dumb us down to where we just look for praise and validation from white people. Okay, we're not animals. Okay, our dogs seek praise and validations. Okay, we are human, we are capable of thinking for ourselves. So that's why I want black people to take away from this get out of this first black because he put a black person there. Okay, these, like I said, hand pick. Black people, okay? Thought process analyzed. There, there's no revolutionaries. What we can do is if Joe Biden gets in office, what black people need to do is follow up with him and say, okay, you said you was going to talk to Ice Cube. So, okay, let's bring Ice Cube back in the fray and let's bring this contract of black America back in. What we cannot do is just ignore that and, you know, con- continue on with the Democrat train and let Ice Cube's failure, I mean, Ice Cube's plan fail because then it sets an example for all black people you can't come up with nothing just vote mm. okay well you know what, what what's funny is uh and i was pulling up this uh this black defense tech secretary uh lloyd lloyd austin and um and one of the things that, that i'm thinking about here too is just the dangers of identity politics yeah well, just that danger of thinking that because somebody's black that somehow that's a win for all black people uh, the only way that that would make sense is if you believe that black people are all alike, which we know that's not the case, right? Uh, give me a yes or no in the chat, everybody. I need this a simple point, but I hope we can agree to be on the same page. 
Uh, yes or no? Are all black people alike? Are we all alike? Uh, you know, I, 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 I will say no, obviously. And, and it's important to know that because there, there's some black people out here that will cut your throat faster than the white man will. You know, there, there's, you know, the Trojan horse is in full effect. There were, there were black people that would give, issue the most beatings on the plantation, like literally did all the dirty work for the masses. And, and a lot of that plantation style uh, politicking hasn't changed. Like they did it 200, 300 years ago. They do it today. They do it today. And, uh, and and I think that it's important as intelligent voters to stop. To, let's just get past the whole who's black, who's white thing. Um, you can get a couple points for being black. But then at that point, I got to hear what you got to say. I got to see what, what, you, what, what you're doing uh, for the community. Sure, you can serve the country. Uh, that's your job. But remember, serving America ain't always the same as serving black people. Because remember, there's a big chunk of America that was built by harming black people. So when a black person shows up and says, I'm serving America, or look at us, we saved America. Look at what black women did for America. Well, well, what, but what did you do for black people? What did, what did you do for the black community? I'm not saying you didn't do anything. I'm just saying you need to refine that statement because when you say you're working for my enemy, and we know we got enemies out here, not that all of America is our enemy, but we got enemies out here. When you've done something for my enemy and helped my enemy to destroy me, then uh, then what you think is a, is a positive is actually a negative. And that's why the community doesn't move forward, because we think that forward is backward and backward is forward. So we always get it wrong. Um, so you know what, <clears throat> everybody, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Before we close out the panel, I'm going to let each panelist, uh, since uh, Jeff and Maj had to go, uh, it won't take long. I'm going to let each panelist and then I'll close out, uh, issue like a short closing statement. Uh uh, I know I kind of did that before, but I really want to hear from you guys one more time. Uh, so Tina Berry, uh, Miss Straight, Straight uh, No Chaser with the Queen uh, from Fly New King Queen, by the way. Uh, <laughs> g- give me your closing thoughts on this. My closing thoughts is, like I said, as black people, we got to change. We know the tricks. We know we've been tra- tricked. We know that our enemy is here. We know the games. We know that they prince the other black people out there to make us okay with the racism that's um, spewed upon us. And we just have to stop being mad with each other about the truth. We have to tell the truth of what's going on. We have to tell the truth that we haven't had leaders that led us out of this mess. And we need to start basically sticking together. I have the saying we all we got we got to stick together and work our way out of this. We got to stop giving our enemy passes and attacking each other. We got to start giving each other passes. Mm, okay. All right. <clears throat> so um uh T, uh let, let me uh, bring you in here brother. I, I'd like to hear your final thoughts. Uh but you know, and, and to her point it was real interesting to uh to hear Tina talk about giving your enemy passes and you attacking your allies. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a perfect black man by any stretch of the imagination. I make mistakes. Um, I say stuff that's stupid. Uh, sometimes I'm a flat out asshole. But <clears throat> but, you know, I like to believe that the good outweighs the bad. You know, I like to believe that I'm an ally of black people and not an enemy. I'm I, I, I'm a person who believes in the potential of black people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can say that, you know, what Tina said about uh, giving your enemy a pass um and then attacking people who are actually on your team, maybe that's not a winning strategy to to go kill your teammates, right? Because I I can say that I get I probably get more smoke, more negative smoke from black people than Joe Biden does, and Joe Biden literally wanted to kill you, like you know Joe, like I don't know, I'm not a perfect black man, but I know I've done more for black people than Joe Biden has, but yet uh, there are black people I've seen who uh, will literally hate me more. 
because I just because I would not support Biden because I wouldn't go along with Massa. They hate me more than they hate the people who are actually harming us. And then they don't seem to understand why black people are not getting ahead. Uh, so, T, um, uh, go, go, please uh, share your final thought, brother. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's just it's almost like who do you think you are with your own money, with your own platform, trying to educate people, trying to take away my position? You know, it could be a, a, a form of jealousy is why you are getting attacked, because if your notoriety is going up, you know, you are taking away from someone else's shine. And, you know, they are enjoying the money that they are getting from white people selling black people out while trying to conflate black issues with liberalism or even uh, conservatism. But what I would just say to black people is, you know, if you're if you're trying to wake black folks up, notice how powerful the media is and send black folks to independent media, send them to this channel. You know, black folks who got questions say, hey, you know, well, I know a brother, you know, his name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. He's got a YouTube channel. He touches various uh, topics. Maybe you should go there. You know, I sent my lady here and she loves it. She's waking up. And I think that's how we're going to win this. We got to win this propaganda war because it all, to me, in my own opinion, it just all goes back to the media. And this is why a lot of black folks forgive white people quicker than they forgive black people because it's constantly beating into their head that the person that they're forgiving is their ally and savior. So we have to push back. So, yeah, support black media. That's it. Support them. Uplift them. All right. So uh, the moral of the story, y'all, is that Joe Biden, he may look like your white Jesus, your Lord and savior, but he's not. He's, he's, a, he's a white guy in office, and uh, he, you may have voted for him. Maybe you didn't. It's okay either way. But you got to remember who's who's in your life that's actually trying to feed you, that's looking out for you, that makes you their top priority, right? Who Who is B1? Uh, is Joe Biden B1? No, he's not. Joe Biden ain't trying to be B1. Joe Biden is he's J1. He's he's W1. He's Joe Biden one. He's white people one. Uh, he puts those he puts those priorities number one. He doesn't put you number one. You got to put you number one, or nobody else will. Uh, where in the world do, do black people have a true friend or a true ally? What group really represents and, and, and stands up for black people other than black people? If you don't do it, nobody will. So you ain't got time to be out here fighting for everybody else taking care of everybody else's issues, jumping out in front of the line for everybody else, taking a bullet for everybody else. No, take a bullet for your community. Take Stand up for your people. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your community. My God, I mean, build businesses for yourself. Lord knows you don't built enough businesses for white folks. You go to college and go $100,000 in debt just so you can manage their businesses and make sure their children have a nice inheritance. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, like really, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all, you've done your job. You Good job. Way to go, right? Now it's time to take care of you. And, uh, and and we got to get out of that that political and economic servitude. And so uh, with that said, uh, I hope you guys will join me in giving a digital thank you, a digital round of applause for our panelists and our guests, uh, Miss Tina Berry, aka Straight Straight or Straight with the Queen, Straight No Chaser with the Queen. Queen. <laughs> I got to take my glasses off because my glasses broke. So I'm either near side or the far side. It's real weird. It makes you feel like an old man. But what the hell? But um. But uh, she's on Fly Nubian Queen. She's really, really sharp, really awesome, and uh, a strong black woman. And Mr. Tariq Abdul Khalik, you can follow him on Facebook, T Khalik. It's right there uh, on the screen. Uh, follow this brother. He's got a lot of great things to say. He's very smart, very intelligent, very strong, very outspoken. Even if you disagree, support him, support him, support him, because you must support the voices of intelligent black men and black women that are out here. And we must elevate our own voice before we elevate their voice. Okay? They want you to hear everybody's voice, but they don't want you to hear your own 
Well, we're going to use our voice. So use your voice. Very important. Also, uh, before you get out of here, hit the thumbs up button. We're building black media. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Uh, almost every night, we're actually getting to the point where we're going to start doing these every night at 8 p.m. Uh, these all black intellectual chocolate panels. We'll pick different topics every day. Sometimes it might be politics. Sometimes it might be love. Sometimes it might be economics. Sometimes it might be news. And we're going to bring in different panelists from different walks of life so we can have all black conversations with our people. So uh, share this video. Uh, everybody right now, please not, don't just hit the thumbs up button. Please actively take the link and put it on your social media. You guys are our distribution platform. So without you guys helping with the distribution, we can't reach people. So please, 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 if you could take that link and just share it, I would appreciate that very much. And uh, also last but not least, if you want to get a text notification when we go live, you can text the word voice to 31996, text voice to 31996. You can also go to the theallblackagenda.com where there are lots of free resources that you can implement on your own black agenda in your own household because your household is your institution. That is your nation. That is your sovereignty. You are the president of the United States in your house. So I encourage you to make good decisions for your family because don't these people don't care about you, but you got to care about yourself. Can I get an amen? Can I get an agreement? Can I get a hashtag B1? If we can, then we're good. Let's get on out of here. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time, um, uh, Tina and, and T, and uh, we are out. Take care, everybody. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.